All right, I want you guys to put your hands together for our pastor, Pastor Robert Randolph Rushton Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, praise the Lord one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You guys look so wonderful today. It's so good to have you here. Welcome to ICLA for all our new faces. We have some new faces and some familiar faces. I want to say I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Amen. Um, it's important for you to come so we have service. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm happy to see you. Amen. On behalf of my wife, um, Pastor Brittany Rush and our family, we say we appreciate you so much. Amen. So um, just some, some real quick notes before we get into the word. How many of you guys are excited to hear a word from the Lord? Amen. 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 But we're on the series, Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. And so we want, we want to do, we wanted to make sure that we express and explain the purpose of the kingdom. Because as we start the church, we want to make sure that we start the church in line with the assignment that heaven has for the church at large. Amen. And so in order for us to really communicate effectively who we are going to be and what we're going to be developed to, we have to communicate what heaven has to say. Amen. And we understand that what we learned last week, for those of you guys that were not here, please check out the YouTube, check out the video on Facebook so you can hear the message. Amen. I'm going to refer to some concepts. And for those of you guys that are part of the church, I'm going to ask you when we do these series to make it a point to come to every session because I teach precept by precept. I might refer back, but I'm going to start you from one space and I'm going to take you to the ultimate place. Amen. And so you, if you miss two weeks, you might actually miss some words, some concepts. And for those of you guys that know me, I can go, I can, when I talk fast. And secondly, I could go talking about other words, Greek, Hebrew and stuff. And so I want you to understand the material. Amen. I believe that today at what we're going to talk about, there's going to be some power that's going to be in this room. Amen. And so I'm going to encourage you. Our goal is to be out of church by 530 or 545. All right. I'm going to make sure we do that. But for in order for us to have the experience that I believe that God wants us to have, I'm going to be committed to in the service, but I'm going to minister prophetically and demonstrate what I'm talking about. Is that all right? That's okay. And so I want you to know as I'm preaching, if something hits you, do not just leave after church, all right? We, 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 got, we got enough time, you know? We get done at 6, 6.30, you still got home, you can go get you some Popeyes, you can go home and go to sleep, whatever you got to do for work tomorrow. We're not going to keep you that long, but we're going to be faithful to end at that time. But I want to minister this thing. Is that all right? Hey, is that all right? All right? And so again, I said often that I grew up in the Baptist church. I'm a call and response preacher. So you got to let me know that I'm saying good. If you don't, if you don't, I'll preach all day and all night. Amen. And so last week, we dealt with our main idea, our main text. It, um, it came from the scripture, Matthew 6, 8 through 10. We're not talking about it tonight, but th today, but this is our main objective. And you have this down for those of you guys who are taking notes. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. Well, I'm going to teach and then preach. If the preach comes in, just say amen, all right? I'm going to try my best to talk like somebody that's civilized and have a few degrees. Amen? So Matthew 6, 8 through 10, the Bible says, Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask of him. In this measure, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Somebody, somebody say, your kingdom come. Come on, say it like you got some power. Say, your kingdom come. Come on, put your preacher voice. Say, your kingdom come. Come on, now that's powerful. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. That's what we talked about last week. That is our foundational principle for this whole lesson. That's where we got our theme from, thy kingdom come. Now, we understood last week, what we talked about last week, one thing that we understood is that heaven, heaven is a location, right? Heaven is a location. And so we talked about there's a location in heaven and that heaven is the government of God. It was the government of God. It's the place, it's the place that God reigns sovereignly. 
that where heaven lives is separate from this dimension. So, in Haitian, there's laws, there's rules, there's regulations, there's a way of living, a way of operation, all right? So heaven's reality is different than earth's reality, all right? Heaven is bound with restriction, right? Gravity, sin is in the earth. You got other things, you know, what goes up, what comes down. You know, all of us are, listen, you, 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 you might, you, 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 everybody's, we all getting older, amen? Everybody's getting older. I, I was in the mirror the other day, and I saw gray hair. I said, oh, no, I got gray hair on my face. I'm getting older, right? I'm not going to stay 3, 5, 10 forever because that's a part of a limitation, right? Age and time is a limitation in the earth, right? Education could be a limitation, or your personal experiences, what you grew up in, your community, your neighborhood, what you're exposed to, that can be a limitation. However, in heaven, it's not made in limitations. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, that will be done, I'm praying that God brings me the resources from his limitless dimension into my limited dimension. Does that make sense? Is that clear to you? Now, I don't have time to teach on this. This is from last week. So for those of you guys, catch last week to get it for this week, all right? So then there are systems. We also understand that the kingdom is a governmental reign of God's rule. We also talked about how John the Baptist, he talked to us, he taught us about, uh, he, he preached the gospel of the kingdom, right? So John the Baptist, he preached, he spoke of the kingdom of earth being at hand. We dealt with that last week. That when John the Baptist came on the scene, they were doing one thing. There was a certain way of operation until John the Baptist, he got here, he pronounced, he announced that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, speaking of Jesus, all right? So now we're going to end with John the Baptist's ministry, and we're going to speak, and we're going to start our text today, our teaching today, in Mark 1 through 4 through 15. Mark 1, 14 through 15. Y'all look a little sleepy. Don't be sleepy, all right? The preacher's going to come. And if you look like you're going to sleep, I might start growling, growling and screaming, all right? Or I might come in the back and do something crazy. Just come on, just work with me, amen? Stay alert. Show me your 32s, your 10s, your 15s, whatever you got. Keep your smile on your face and a perky face on your perky eyes. Amen. So we're dealing with Mark 1, 14, 14 through 15. Father, I thank you that as we preach this word, that there's demonstration that comes with this. Father, give me anointing to proclaim, Father, what you've given me to proclaim. Give me the anointing to prophesy and to move in the grace that you call me to walk into. Thank you, Father God, for the sound of heaven. Mark 1, 14 through 15. Now, after John was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus came to Galilee, and he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, I love this thing because you read last week, John the Baptist was one that was pronouncing and announcing. He was a forerunner talking about Jesus coming. But then you see that when Jesus Christ, after he went to the temptation, after he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Bible says he came back with power. He came back from his wilderness experience with power. Now, we ain't got the time to go into that, but I can insert a little bit of preach right there. Can I do it real quick? That some of you might be in a situation where you feel like you were in the wilderness. What is that? Place of restriction, drought, sadness, depression. You might feel away. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants you. Whatever your feeling is, whatever you're going through right now. What you see in the scriptures that when Jesus and other people, when they went away into a wilderness time, that he came back with the authority to deal with his ministry. Don't run from your wilderness. Right? Don't run from your wilderness. All of us have to have a wilderness. Right? 
In the Bible, everybody had, a, everybody had a time of separation or a time where they felt like they were in exile. Don't run from your wilderness. You embrace that because when you embrace that wilderness experience, whatever it might be, right? It might be a loss of job. It might be a loss of a loved one. It might be a divorce. It might be a separation. It might just be you just sad because you just realizing that your whole family had a whole bunch of problems and now you have to live with and deal with it. Whatever it might be. Whatever the wilderness is, don't run from it. That's what we try to do. And what happens, especially with those of us that have issues with addiction, I don't know why I'm saying this, it's prophetic in the room, when you have issues with addiction, people like to drink, right? People like to drink, people like to eat fried chicken, people that have issues with that, people that have addiction issues, gambling, right? If it's sex, whatever it is, our issue with the addiction is where we're trying to escape our wilderness. When you have an issue, you're escaping your wilderness because that addiction becomes a pain management. You need to go through the pain. Let the pain buffer you. Let the pain make you better. Jesus, he went through the, without food for 40 days and was tempted. The Bible says when he got out from that place, he had power and he walked in power. Your wilderness is making you stronger. Your wilderness is making you have ability to deal with what your future devils are. You're not where you are right now, right? You're going somewhere. And in that, there is a time of transition. And that's, I'm in, I inserted that preach. That's not my main preach. I got other things to talk about. Amen. I'm going to move fast from that. Amen. So he came back and the Bible says that he was preaching. Look at your body. Look at your neighbor and say preaching. Come on, say preaching. It's very important for us to understand that because Jesus, the Bible says he came and he preached. That word in the Greek speaks of proclamation. It speaks of making an announcement. It speaks of making a loud voice. Now, when you study the word preach, in the Hebrew, that word, the same word, is the word herald. A herald was a position. You see that in Daniel 3. It was a position that when a king would come into the town, or there would be people that would blow a trumpet, and they would make decrees, right, for all to hear. The gospel, he preached. The gospel is to be proclaimed. Because the preaching, it opens up the minds. It breaks the curses of the end. Now, here's the thing. All of you guys want to hear, oh, I just I don't want to be screamed at. I don't want to be hollered at. I just want to hear somebody teach. Yes, we teach principle. I teach you principle. I'm talking right now principle, right? Line by line. But there's sometimes you need somebody to preach the gospel to you. There's sometimes you got to have somebody proclaim and declare that it's your time, not right? When you go to church, and, and I'm telling you for those religious people that think that preaching is bad or people screaming and bad, I'm trying to give you some clarity, clarification. That sometimes you need somebody saying, and God's going to fix it. And God's going to, you need somebody to do that, right? Because the Bible says that the kingdom is to be proclaimed. Because the kingdom speaks of something else coming. And so what Jesus was doing, he was proclaiming that something was different. He was speaking that there's something changing. He was saying, your change is on the way. He was saying, listen, you've been living in bondage for so long, but now this is your new season, right? So when I'm here right now, I'm saying, listen, you've come here for your first Sunday. I don't know why, maybe to support me, maybe just to be nicer, but I'm here to decree and declare as a preacher that your change is on the way, that God is doing something different in your life. Listen, you might have been bound for the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but I've come to proclaim and to prophesy and to decree and to declare that your change, your deliverance, your breakthrough, whatever you need from God, is in the room right now. We don't have to wait no longer. What Jesus was saying, he said, I am here and I'm proclaiming that your breakthrough is in the room. So he preached the gospel. The gospel and that word speaks of good news. 
The gospel speaks of good tidings. So he preached the good news. So many times we live and we have bad news. I don't want no more bad news. I have so much, we have had so much tragedy in my family over the past 15 years. I don't want no more bad news. I want to hear somebody get graduated from school. I want you to get a good job. I don't want no bad, I don't want to hear about nobody's death. Nobody, there's too much bad news, right? And so Jesus, he said, listen, I know you've heard bad news. I know you've been through hell and high water. But he says, I'm not coming to give you bad news. I feel the Lord. He says, I'm not coming to give you bad news. I'm coming to tell you that your change is here. He says, I'm coming to tell you that what you've been through for the past 30 years, I've come to rectify it. He said, I have good news to give you. The devil is the author of bad news. He's the author of the situations that make bad news. God didn't create your death. He didn't create your sickness. So he came and he preached the gospel of the kingdom, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Let me have that tell, Benzie. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I talked to you about the kingdom of God being the rule and the reign of God, right? Scripture says here, the time is fulfilled. Now, you guys have to understand that, that time is fulfilled. Paul says something, and I'm BC, I'm going to try to teach. Don't, don't, don't bring the prophet out yet. I'll look at you when it's time, because you're going to try to take me there. And I got, a, I got new people that ain't never heard me preach before. I got some cousins I ain't seen in about 15 years. They got to hear me as an educated man. Not, the, not yet, all right? I'm not ready to go there. All right? They got to hear that. I got a little something on there. So don't mess with me, all right? So, the so he says, the time is fulfilled, right? Now, Paul gives us something that he talks about the fullness of time. Somebody say the fullness of time. I pray that you guys are taking some notes. I'm giving you a whole bunch of information, all right? I'm going to preach, but I'm giving you a whole bunch of information. The fullness of time. What in the world is the fullness of time? The fullness of time means, the best way I can put it, it's like the day that you have to give birth, right? You find out that you're pregnant, and you go nine months, 10 months, whatever, 48 weeks, 40, I don't know. How many weeks? 42 weeks? 40? Brittany was, Gabby was 43 weeks. I don't know, 40 weeks, whatever it is, however, nine, nine months, 10 months. And so what happens is that you know that you're pregnant from the, when you get tested and you find out, but it takes first trimester, second trimester, then third trimester. And then finally, it's that time, it's time to give push, right? Any time before that time is premature time, right? If you have a, if you have a baby at six months, five months, four months, that's premature. Now, this is important for us to understand because when you look at the Old Testament, some of you guys, don't some of you guys might say, I don't want to read the Old Testament. It's too boring. You don't understand it holistically or educationally. The whole Old Testament, it speaks of a prophecy. Genesis 3, you see that Adam and Eve falls, right? He says the seed of the woman is going to come and it's going to crush the head of the enemy. He prophesies from Adam that I'm going to sin a seed that's going to come and deal with this situation. Am I making sense here? Are we, with, are we together? Makes sense. So then you have about 1,500 years after that, that Abraham comes. Genesis 12. This is real quick teaching. I have other things to talk about. Genesis 12, and he says to Abraham, everything else is going to be blessed through you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to change the nations of the world, right? But from the time of Adam to the time of Jesus, historians say it's about 4,000 years. So the whole Old Testament is prophesying, right? Everything was a type. It was the future that's going to happen, right? Every time you saw the killing of the lamb being slain and the sacrifices and the prayers and the prophecy, it was speaking of the ultimate sacrifice. Everything was speaking to Jesus. 
everything in the Old Testament was a shadow for the New Testament. It was given as revelation of what was going to come. But Jesus Christ, he comes and he says, listen. He said, hold on. He said, listen. Stop the party. Stop all this, stop all this ritualistic stuff. Stop all the religion stuff. Stop all, stop all the frustration. Stop all the things that you just do, the ritual. Stop it. He says, why? Because he says the kingdom is at hand and the time of every place. He says 4,000 years of prophecy has been fulfilled in me, Jesus. So when you read the Old Testament, you see that Christ comes. He comes to fulfill everything spoken by the prophets. So now we understand. So today our teaching is about the ministry of Christ. So he says that what you've been waiting for is here in Christ. Let me tell you real quick. That's why when you get saved, your life is supposed to change because when you've been waiting for before you meet him, everything changes in him, right? So he says, your time has come. It's time to give birth. The baby's here. And the kingdom of God is what? At hand. Then as we talked last week, he says, repent and believe in the gospel. So how do you get saved? You have to repent, meaning separate from your old way, disconnect from your old lifestyle, stop living how you used to live, change your mindset, and repent. And not only repent, but believe the gospel. He said, believe the gospel. That's the secret. The secret sauce is not in you just coming to church. No, no, no. That's the problem. That's what we've been doing for the past 2,000. We've been coming to church. We go to church because we understand that it's a good thing for us to go to church. Yes, we do. We know that when our kids have problems, we ain't been to church in five months. But we're going to church today because you done cussed your teacher out, and I'm not having it in my house. You know what we do, right? Every first, every every Easter, we want to come, be decked out. Man, where people wearing royal blue, hot pink. Hey, we ain't seen you for the past 7 to 12 months. Where have you been? Where have you been? Because you understand church as a religious practice. It is very good to come to church. But coming to church is not going to transform or save you. As a matter of fact, matter of fact putting reverend, deacon, or am, am, am I messing myself up? Putting a title in front of your name is not going to cause you to be transformed. Your transformation comes in your belief system. And let me tell you about what I can see by a person. What Your fruit bears. Your fruit speaks of who you are, right? You can tell a fruit by, you can tell the proof is in the pudding, right? If you ain't got no authority, if you ain't got no power, if your life has not changed, then it's evident. You don't believe in the God you say you believe. You don't believe in the Bible you proclaim you believe. Because if your life don't look like the gospel, then you don't believe in the gospel. It's like one plus one equals two. If I don't see a changed life, that means you're not changed. Like a person talking about, I make good gumbo. I make the best gumbo. My gumbo is the best. And you go taste the gumbo and it tastes a mess because they can't cook. My macaroni and cheese is the best, and you get your macaroni and cheese, and it's burnt. Because it's the proof, it's in the pudding. If you can do it, when I taste of it, I'm able to tell if it's the truth or not. And let me tell you real quick, you miss religious stuff. I'm sorry, I'm stepping into profit. I have to stay as a pal. Let me tell you the truth. Mr. Diddy, Mr. I think I got it all together. You're not saved because your life don't look like you're saved. You're not saved because you don't walk like you're saved. If you were saved for real, your life would reflect who you are? Who am I preaching to in this Baptist church? All right. All right. All right. All right. No. He, that's, that's prophetic. I don't want prophetic. I don't want that. We're going to just flow. Okay, go. So then we see that Jesus, he said, he said, repent and believe. So that means change your lifestyle, right? Change your lifestyle. Let's keep on going. Now, 
Let's talk about what the message and the ministry of Christ is. Is that all right? Can we go in there? Y'all following this half preach, half word of faith teaching? Are you, y'all understand? <laughs> half Christ. So then let me go here real quick, and then we'll, and we'll end probably here. So Luke 4, verse 14. Is this helping anybody today? Are y'all liking this? Is that all right? All right. So Luke 4, 14 to 22. The Bible says, then Jesus returned. Are y'all there? Luke 4, 14 to 22. Bible says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit of Galilee. Mark is very, Luke, make sure you understand that Jesus did not do his ministry without power. Come on now. Come on in here, Ray. Come up with me, church. He, make it, he makes it very sure that you understand that when he came and did his ministry, he did it with what? Power. The gospel comes with power. The gospel does not come with you having a demon. And if, and if you go to church, if they can't cast that devil out, they don't have no power over that. That means they're not really preaching the real gospel. Because when you preach the gospel, people are saved. When you preach the gospel, people come up higher. I don't want to just be a pastor of a church where I just give you good messages. And you say, oh, that was so good. I'm encouraged. And you're going back living your same old tired, tired way. You can go listen to Ayala for that. And she's a witch. It's all right. You can go to somewhere else. And what you find out is that your transformation comes through the power of the gospel. So Jesus Christ came. You know, we want to see, oh, come to Jesus. No, no, he came with some weapons of mass destruction. And he said the news went out, right? The news went out through the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogue. So the Bible says... He came with power, and the news went what? It went out. His fame came from his power. His fame didn't come from his good, amazing social media, which you have to have. We believe in it. That's why our offering envelopes look nice. Everything else is nice. We believe in it. But his fame did not come in just investing in just good media or marketing. His fame came because he was casting demons out of people. His fame came because he was healing the sick and raising the dead. And when you came to one of his meetings, you felt one thing inside of you, but it left your body because he had some power. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is a God of power. Come on. Come on, work with me. He says, Jesus is a God of power. He walks in power. He works in miracles. He walks in signs. He's not a dead God. He's not Buddha. He's not Muhammad. He is Jesus. And the God I serve, he's alive and he's walking in demon. Come on. When he comes in the room, he brings everything I need. When he comes in the room, he brings my breakthrough, my power, my deliverance. He is a God of power. So, then the Bible says in 16, Luke 4, 16, he says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. That's all. Never mind. Brought up. And as was his custom was. So what, he, what he's about to do is very familiar. So he goes in the area in his home, right? My Pacoima, your, your whatever, your Silmar, whatever it is. He went to his house with Pookie and Ray Ray in there. Like we have, all right, we all got Pookie and Ray. Look, I'm a, I ain't going to tell you, but we got all of us got a pookie and a Ray Ray and a shoe. All of us got that, right? We all got that. Everybody got a June bug in their family, right? He went around the June bugs and the pookies and all that stuff, right? And he went into that as his custom. They know, you know, oh, yeah, little church boy. Yeah, he's been doing this. Yeah, little Robert, this is the Robert that, you know, dances in the alley. Yeah, he knows about this, right? So, so we, he, he understands this type of mentality, how we put 
people in boxes, right? And these people had the Messiah and they put him in a box because they were looking at him based off of an old familiar self, right? And that's what we do in the church. Religion will cause you to look at situations and put it in an old box. But the Lord says, listen, I'm not that old. I'm not what you used to think. I'm not who you used to be. I am Jesus. He says, I walk in my fullness, my authority, and he's coming not as Joseph's son. He's not coming as Mary's son. He's coming as Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the one that has the ability to transform and deliver. So then he says here, he says it was his custom. So it was normal for him. Go in the synagogue. That's the place of meeting. That's where the Jewish had church, right? Uh, I don't have time to get into that, but that's deep in the stuff. I might talk about that later. And he stood up and he read. He read a scripture, and the Bible says, it was ready. It was handed to him. Now, he says it here. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what Jesus is reading. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me. Sent, that means apostolic, right? I'm sent out. He has sent me out to heal the brokenhearted. Come on now. I feel like the whole, I feel the Holy Ghost already. He says, and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Come on in here, church. And recover the sight to the blind. I feel like being, I feel like preaching. To set the, I feel the Holy Ghost. To set the, he said to set liberty to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all the people looking at him like, this man is crazy. Ooh, what is he think he's doing, Joseph's baby? What are you doing up here talking about this scripture? Sit up in here, everybody looking at him, and the Bible says, he began to say to them, I love Jesus. He says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He says, today, what you've been waiting for for the past 4,000 years, right now, I am here, baby. I am Jesus, and my power is fully in the room. Everything you've been waiting for God to do in your, he says, right now, you've met me, and it's right here amongst you. Now, what I want you to understand, John talked about, right, the kingdom is coming. I'm trying to get you to understand, thy kingdom come. I want you to understand the message of Jesus. Jesus did not preach of himself. No, 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 no. He didn't talk about, oh, I'm so nice. No, no, no. He preached one thing, and he preached the message of the kingdom. His revelation was that, now he had one message, and that was repent because heaven is on earth. That's what he talked about, right? And the Bible says, this is what he says about his own ministry. Isaiah 61 is what this verse is. So Jesus is getting up and he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. And he's saying, Isaiah was prophesying in 61, Isaiah 61, saying that the Messiah will be this. Now, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We see that in the scripture, the Bible says in John, that when, 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 G, when um, Jesus was baptized, y'all know about Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist, right? Are we, so when Jesus is baptized with John the Baptist, he goes in the water, he comes up, and the Bible says that a dove came down from the sky. Y'all know about this? That we have the dove come down. But one thing that the Bible says that it's so cold, it says that the dove, it came down and it remained on him. Here's the issue with some of y'all Baptist folk. I'm sorry, some of y'all Methodist folk. Y'all think you catch the Holy Ghost. Uh-uh. We don't catch the Holy Ghost. It's not a cold, it's not the flu, and it's not herpes. You don't catch the Holy Ghost. 
You don't catch the whole, I don't, I'm not up here catching. No, 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 no. Bible says that he is a person. And when he came upon Jesus, he sat on Jesus and he was with Jesus for the duration of his ministry. And that is the same spirit that took him in his ministry and that raised him up from the dead. When you get saved for real, you don't catch the Holy Ghost. You receive him and he stays with you. So he says, he says, the Holy Ghost is upon me. And he's been with me for the past few months. <laughs> I didn't just get him in a service and I kept him for just one second. No, 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 no. That's it. You speak in tongues at one session and you go back and you're trying to cut somebody out. No, no, no. When you got the Holy Ghost for real, it changes you on the inside. Who am I talking to? When you get the Holy Ghost, your mind changes. You stop doing the old thing you used to do. Things don't taste good no more. Things don't feel good no more. Because the Holy Ghost changes you. Does anybody in here have the Holy Ghost inside? He said, Spirit of the Lord is upon me, resting on me, not visiting me, <laughs> not, 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 just, not, not just visiting me for one time. No, he lives with me. That's a whole different lesson. I ain't got time because I got about 15 minutes. Upon me, he's anointed me, right? To preach. Again, that's that word, preach. That's that word. Remember that word earlier, proclaim? Jesus was not anointed just to teach. He was a teacher. Yes, he was. He was rabbi. Yes, he was. But this man was a bad preacher. He proclaimed the word of the Lord. He said, I was anointed to preach. Let me tell you real quick, for those of you guys that want to do ministry, this is not to be for everybody. It's for some of you. You can't just desire the pulpit. No, 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 no. You can't just desire to be in the pulpit. You must be anointed to preach. I was anointed to preach the gospel. I can do this in my sleep. I can do this when I wake up. I don't even have to study to do this because I was anointed. And if you're going to stand in front of God's people, you must have the anointed. You must not be one that stand up here without any type. The anointing makes the difference. Many people can make a whole bunch of sound, but the differentiation comes in what? The anointing. You need the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your job, at your school. You need the anointing. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the anointing. So I was anointed to preach. Now, who is he talking to? He says he's called to preach the gospel to the what? The gospel to the what? The gospel to the poor. He says, the anointing is upon me not to preach to the rich people. I don't know. I'm not called to preach to those that just have a whole bunch of money that look like they got their stuff together. His calling, I told you before, that the kingdom of heaven is a different king. It's, it's, a, it's, a, counter, it's a counterculture. So what we think is right in this earth typically is wrong in that dimension. So Jesus Christ comes down here and he's preaching the gospel to the poor. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be poor to receive the gospel. That poor speaks of humility. That's what the Bible says that a rich man is hard to receive the gospel because when you are rich, many times you don't know how to be humble. For those of you that have a whole bunch of wealth, be wrong. Listen, make your money. I pre, I listen, I, I say make your money, make your coins, right? Do what you got to do. But make sure you stay humble in the midst of that. Because when you are humble, the Bible says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace, right? If you want to stay rich, then that means you stay humble, right? Because as you stay humble, he increases your capacity. Now, there's different types of poor. There's poor of heart, but there's a natural dimension of poor. And so this natural dimension of poor is a result of the fall of man. I want you to follow me, church. You got to pay attention because I'm going to say some stuff. I talk a little fast, but you got to follow me because I'm going to give you some nuggets right here, all right? The fall of man comes in the earth 
And sin brings about countercultural activity to heaven. Heaven is a place of abundance. Heaven is a place of fullness. So when he sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, it bought things that God did not put in the earth. Garden of Eden means garden of his presence or abundance or pleasure. So poverty was never intended to be in the garden. That's why they had everything they needed. What all the fruit they want, anything they want, all the herbs, everything they needed was where? In the garden. So poverty, listen to me. I need to break this thing off your mind. I need to get you disconnected from this spirit. This demon is a, is a spirit of poverty that has attacked the, earth, the church and the people of the earth. He said he comes to speak the gospel to those that are oppressed by the principality of poverty. Where there is poverty, there is wickedness. Why? Because where there's poverty, it means that someone has a whole bunch and somebody else has nothing. Come on, are you following me? Where there's poverty, that means somebody is doing something corrupt that is stealing from what everybody else should have, right? America should have no person in here that is poor. We have too much wealth. Why in the world is the, is, is the CEO of Disney making $75 million? $75 million? $75 million? That's crazy. I'm not saying that you can't make no money. Make money. Do well. But that's so. And you got people that are that working and doing the corn office scene making minimum wage. That's corruption. That's wicked. That man can make five, 10 million, 20 million. Just 20 million. Like if I had 20 million dollars, he making money, right? Why in the world are people poor working for Disney? That speaks of a corrupt system. And many people in here, you've been bound under the power of and the principality of poverty. Are you following me here today? Are you with me? Let me give you different dimensions of poverty. Am I, are we okay? There is situational poverty. So Jesus says, I've come to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, right? Of wealth, of abundance. To those that are experiencing situational poverty. What is situational poverty? Situational poverty is poverty that comes by a tragedy or an issue. Katrina, Hurricane Katrina happened, right? When it happened, it wiped out families and houses. People that had money were living like they were, what, refugees. Because although they had money in the bank, their situation made them poor or... You might have a PhD or a doctorate or a doctor, pharmacist, whatever. If they, get, if they lose their job, somebody gets sick in the family, right? They lose, they might make, they have the ability to make $200,000 a year or $300,000, but because of sickness or because of the issue, they lose their job, they don't make that, they're, situ, they're, they're in a situation that's causing them to be poor. They have the ability to make more, right? But they're in a situation. Does that make sense to you? All right. Then there's generational poverty. Now, many of us, especially those of us that are black and brown, right? Black and brown folk, we live under generational poverty. Meaning that, especially for those of us that are African-Americans, and, and even those that are Hispanic as well, but African-Americans, we have come into the country, lived here for 400 years, and were slaves. We were then emancipated without any resources. 
So until, so for the time that we were freed, until now, we have generations of people that have been living from paycheck to paycheck, not having nothing because we are, we're poor in our mind. And the reason why we cannot get nothing, nothing in the black community and in the Hispanic community is because we are living under a bondage of poverty. We have been experiencing generational poverty, but the Bible says that Christ came to what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Am I making sense to you? Situational poverty. Government mental, generational poverty, then absolute poverty. Now in America, we don't really have absolute poverty. I work for a union rescue mission. I think we have like $50 million in our endowment and we are a mission for homeless people. When I work at my job and I go there every day, you start my program, you end my program, I see the guys, no lie, they get fat at my program. We feed them so much food because America has so much money. So they're poor in theory, but yet they're living better than people in the third world countries, right? But there are places in the world that have absolute poverty, meaning they don't have nothing, right? You see those babies on, in Africa or different places, they have nothing, right? Absolute poverty. Then you have relative poverty. This is the type of poverty is known as relative poverty because it's, it's according to the standard of living, okay? So yeah, you might make $50,000 by yourself in California, but you can't be a single mama with two kids making 50 grand trying to live in this particular area, right? So although you're making more money than other people, you are still in a place of poverty because the situation and it's relative to the wickedness of your city. Two other poverties now will be done. It says urban poverty and rural poverty. Urban poverty are people that are in New York or whatever and they are overly crowded and they have poverty. Or rural poverty is people that live like in the you know, in the country and stuff, and they don't have much, that's rural poverty. I don't have time. I've spent too much time with this, all right? So Christ came to preach to these people. I'm sure many of the people in this room, you fall in one of these classifications. That means that Christ's message is for you. All right? Second point. Ten more minutes, we'll be done. He said, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The Messiah preached to those that were saddened and depressed. Why do people experience sadness? Because poverty affects the spirit. Situations bring bondage in the body. Trials cause uh, uh, traumatic tra trauma brings upon, brings upon issues in the body. Right. So when a person has trauma, a lot of times they get different to the diagnosis. Uh, 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 bipolar disorder, uh, schizophrenia, these things that they come as a result of trauma, right? Poverty brings about trauma. Bible says he's come to preach to the brokenhearted, meaning those that are oppressed have sadness. They're sad because they're played in life. He said, I've come to preach to those people. He said, I've come in the earth realm deal with those that are dealing with depression. Come on now. That's why you don't have to be depressed and sad in the body of Christ because the gospel of the kingdom is for your depression. The gospel of the kingdom is for everything that has happened to you and in your family. You don't have to live bound when you know Jesus. He's come to give you freedom and power and deliverance. The gospel is for you. He says, those that are brokenhearted. Then he says, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Speaking of people that are in bondage, sin brings about bondage. Let's name some bondages, right? 
sin, right? Let's talk about what's some bondage. Give me some bondages. Go on, what's some bondages? Come on, throw them out. Come on, give me some bondage. Depression's a bondage, all right? What else is a bondage? Anxiety's a bondage. Come on, these are things that, what else is a, what else is a bondage? Come on. Uh, addiction. It's a bondage. What did you say, what? Ego, that's a bondage, right? You said, what? Pride. This stuff is bond. These are bondages. The devil comes, the kingdom of darkness, it comes, and it oppresses people. That's why you need deliverance. Because you grew up in a demonic system, and everybody has been through a place where you have experienced some type of bondage. He said he's come to speak to the captives. That means every person that has been put bound by wickedness and by the devil. He said, I've come to proclaim that it's your moment, it's your time to be free. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of deliverance. It's a gospel of redemption. Meaning you don't have to live the way you've been living. You don't have to live with your issue and your problem. No, you can be free. You can be delivered because God is able to do exceedingly abundant wait beyond what you can ask or think because he's the God of deliverance he says liberty speaks of freedom last point and I'll be done he says verse 19 to proclaim the acceptable come on somebody say the acceptable the acceptable year of the Lord now now, Brian, this thing right here, this thing messed me all, John, this thing messed me all the way up, right? Because I was like, what now? What in the world? I was like, what does this mean, acceptable year? I don't, I don't understand because it don't make any sense. Well, as I begin to study, you turn real quickly to Leviticus 25, verse 10. This acceptable year of the Lord, it speaks of a terminology that they use that's called jubilee. I myself for the Holy Ghost talks about Jubilee. And Jubilee was, let me just read it, Leviticus 25, verse 10. And it says, And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land. Now, mind you, Leviticus is the law. So God gave Moses a law. And so in the Old Testament, there was a law that if a person was in bondage or they had to be sold into slavery or if they sold a property because they had a hard time or if something happened to them, the law was they could only be in poverty or in slavery or in bondage for 49 years. Because the year of Jubilee said that in every 50 years, a decree will come saying, listen, your time has, your debt has been paid. Ha, I feel the Holy Ghost. He says, what you've been through is wiped out. He says, I know you owe $30,000 or $50,000, $100,000. He says, everything you've been through in the past has been wiped out. That was on the year of Jubilee. What would happen in the Old Testament? People would come. We got big mama. So we had big mama's house, my mama's house. I'm say, my mama, you know, whatever happens, whatever. I got, I got $500,000. I'm in a bind. Oh my gosh. So they start selling stuff off, right? You know how people do. They get in a bind, taking stuff, taking rings and stuff to the pawn shop and stuff. Could you imagine that you knew that if you sold it in a temporary situation, knowing that you was going to get it back? Because it was in a law. The law said that what you gave, it comes back to you. That, that, that all you have to do is wait to the year of Jubilee. That's all it was. Because if, if I can get to the Jubilee year, I can be in prison for just five years. If I get to the Jubilee year, Christ came and said that this is the year of the Lord. He said, he said, 
that my being here, I feel like preaching now, because my being here, my being here is, is your time, your season of jubilee. That you're not only going to have to have one year of jubilee. He said, no, 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 no. When you receive me as Christ Jesus, every debt that you have, every problem that you have, I feel like preaching now. He's in every situation uh, that you've been through. Uh, he says, this is the year uh, that you get everything back. Uh, everything the devil stole from you. Uh, your emotions, uh, your, uh, your mind, uh, your money, uh, your family, uh, everything stolen from you. He says, this is the year uh, of the Lord. So here's the thing now. You have to understand this. This Jubilee year was a principle. Meaning that it happened ever so often. Christ said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. So in Christ, I don't have to go behind the veil. The veil has been torn. In Christ, I don't have to worry about staying in bond. That means, yeah, my daddy could have been a crackhead. Yes, he could have been. Yes, my mama could have just cheated on my daddy. I could have a whole bunch of problems. I could have been born in generational poverty. Yes, I could have bad relationships. Whatever has happened before the cross, when I meet Jesus, I walk not into a year of Jubilee. I live in a season, in a lifestyle of Jubilee. That means that everything that has happened before I met Christ, I walk in that power. Is there anybody in this place? that's going to see your power walk in consistent victory the Lord says when you receive me you walk in victory is there anybody here that needs the victory of God the breaking power of God he's the God of breakthrough he's the God of deliverance this is your season this is your time this is your year of jubilee He says victory is yours. He says deliverance is yours. He says whatever you need is yours. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You are not limited. You are not bound. But the kingdom is right here. Behold your God. Behold the one that's able to set you free. This is the moment. Now shout. Shout. I said shout. I said shout. Victory's in the room. Breakthrough's in the room. A turnaround is in the room. I hear the Lord say, This is your moment, your time of turnaround. I see the Lord say, Now is your hour of victory. What's been keeping you bound for the past 15 years? In Christ, you are delivered. 
in Christ you are set free in Christ you walk in breakthrough in Christ the devil is defeated he's the God that is exalted and the devil is defeated I hear the Lord say your victory is right here right now now give him a praise in this place praise him bless the Lord give him glory he's able your year of jubilee all right we're going to keep that building let the behind this real quick i just need a little bit more monitors in my mind I decree that everything over your life that's trying to keep you from destiny I decree that as you walk in this revelation the shackles are falling down. I decree that the Lord is the Lord of your breakthrough. And what you've been walking in, God says, I give you freedom to walk in the turnaround. I hear the Lord say, this is the time for you to turn around. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I say, turn around. I hear the Lord say, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. Hey, turn around. Yeah. It's the year of Jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. something a little different today all right right now will be the time that I will end the service all right now what I want to do real quick if you want to join this church <laughs> just raise your hand if you want to join the church all right come on real quick you want to join the church come on raise your hand come on see come on come on Sandra. come on anybody else you want to be part of you want to be a part of this consistently you feel like you can do this consistently all right Come on, let's give God some praise as we have people join us here. Come on. All right, let's give God some praise. Come on, everybody, give her a hug. Come on. This is the year of Jubilee. This is the year. Now, what are we going to do now? I wanted to stay in the atmosphere, but I want you guys just to get her information, all right? Give, just give her a card and turn that into Benzie. All right? Okay, oh, Sister Laura, okay. 
So just take her out real quick and bring her back. All right, we're about to jump into something. All right, you join the chat. I'm sorry, just a lot join the chat. I'm sorry, Sean to join the chat. Come on, let's give out some praise. I'm sorry. Anybody else that want to join the church? Come on, God is doing something, right? All right, now what we typically do here, so then just take them, get the information real quick, but bring them right back, all right? Real quick. Don't leave out this anointing, amen? Real quick, you guys, just go real quick, get your information and come real back. This is different. This is a, diff- this is a different year, all right? Now, what, now what I want to do real quick, now if you want, if you, if you have anything in your life that is binding you or restricting you, I'm going to do an altar call for you, all right? I'm going to pray for you, all right? But I'm going to pray for you in a, in, in, in a worst ministry style way, amen? That means I'm going to break up some stuff over your life. But let me give you guys this thing real quick. Matthew 9, verse 35. Hey. All right, I got you. All right. All right, Lord, just say just, just right there real quick. All right. So Matthew 9, verse 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing our manner of diseases and our manner of sicknesses. I cannot talk about the ministry of Jesus without coming against sicknesses and issues. So what I want to do now, if you want prayer or just me to agree with you for anything, I want you to come up to the front and I want to spend some time at the altar, all right? If you want to go, you are blessed to go, all right? But I'm telling you, I feel the prophetic anointing. So you probably should not leave because I feel the prophetic anointing, all right? But I want to make sure I bless you. So if you want to leave, you can leave. You are released. You are blessed, amen? We love you so much. Thank you for coming if you want to leave. But if you want to stay, just stay in the atmosphere and I'm going to minister prophetically, all right? I want to prophesy to some people. I'm going to cast some demons out of some people. I'm going to pray for some healing, all right? But what I want you guys to do Put your hands together. We're going to begin to celebrate the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. I want you to begin to see that God has given you victory. It's to give to believe. It's to give to believe. This is the year to believe. This is the year to believe. Listen, we can't have no spectators, all right? So if you're here, I want you to be lifting up your hands. Young lady with the flags, get that flag for me. And let's begin to celebrate all around the room. If you're not getting prayed for, begin to celebrate the name of Jesus. Even though I might not lay hands on you, God is giving you a breakthrough. Hey, dance, jump, come on. 